I mean, you guys, I'm always excited about bringing the word and, you know, just uh, speaking about Jesus and the amazing things that he uh, continues to do. And so um, today um, I'm excited about uh, speaking about the gospel according to Lazarus. We're going to be in John 11 today. Um, so we're going to be in that, but I'm also going to share, um, the second little story out of the Jesus storybook Bible. Okay. So, um, this is my son, Cadence, and, um, it's amazing when we can, I mean, you guys, the, the gospel is so simple. Okay, sometimes we get too theological with it. We get too, you know, just all, all these conversations about it. But really, you guys, the, the story of Jesus and the gospel is so simple. And it is so um, easy to receive and to hear and to listen. Um, and so I'm going to speak a little bit um, out of that as well. So, um you know, it, it, the first time I read it, I started crying. It brought me to tears, you know. So I know that there, um, there's something good in there for you ladies as well. So we're going to be in John chapter 11, and I'm going to read it a little bit by bit. So we're going to start in um, verse 1. And we're going to read until verse 5. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was the Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So the sisters sent word to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. But when Jesus heard this, he said, this sickness is not to end in death but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified by it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So the first thing that I want to point out to you guys is that Lazarus is sick. Alright? This is a sickness that is going to lead to death. And as we go through the story of Lazarus and him being raised up from the grave, okay, there's going to be a huge correlation. There's going to be a lot of things that we can relate to with Lazarus. All right? And that's kind of what I want to break down today. So Lazarus is sick. We, too, have a sickness that leads to death. And we share, I talked about this last week, you guys. And this sickness... It's called sin. All right? Sin is unbelief in God. Sin is anything that we think, say, or do that, do that goes against what God has called us to do and how to live. Okay? And so I want to go back from the beginning because that's where it all starts. It starts in Genesis. It starts with Adam and Eve. And they are the ones who brought this sin, this sickness, this death, this suffering, this torment into the world. Okay? Because they're... Um, belief in a lie and their unbelief in God. So we're going to go to Genesis 3. Genesis 
And before I do that, this is where the Jesus uh, uh, storybook comes in. So if you guys would, I just encourage you guys to um, close your eyes and try to picture yourself in the story that's going to be told. Okay? It's called The Terrible Lie. Adam and Eve lived happily together in their beautiful new home. And everything was perfect for a while. Until the day when everything went wrong. God had a horrible enemy. His name was Satan. Satan had once been the most beautiful angel. But he didn't want to be just an angel. He wanted to be God. He grew proud and evil and full of hate. And God said, and God had to send him out of heaven. Satan was seething with anger and looking for a way to hurt God. He wanted to stop God's plan. Stop this love story right there. So he disguised himself as a snake and waited in the garden. Now, God had given Adam and Eve only one rule. Don't eat the fruit on that tree, God told them. Because if you do, you'll think you know everything. You'll stop trusting me, and then death and sadness and tears will come. You see, God knew if they ate the fruit, they would think they didn't need him. And they would try to make themselves happy without him. But God knew there was no such thing as happiness without him. And life without him wouldn't be life at all. As soon as the snake saw his chance, he slithered silently up to Eve. Does God really love you? The serpent whispered. If he does, why won't he let you eat the nice, juicy, delicious fruit? Poor you. Perhaps God doesn't want, to, want you to be happy. The snake's words hissed into her ears and sunk down deep into her heart like poison. Does God love me? Eve wondered. Suddenly, she didn't know anymore. Just trust me, the serpent whispered. You don't need God. One small taste, that's all, and you'll be happier than you could ever dream. Eve picked the fruit and ate some, and Adam ate some too, and a terrible lie came into the world. It would never leave. It would live on in every human heart, whispering to every one of God's children, God doesn't love me. And it wasn't a dream. It wasn't, it was a nightmare. A dove flew from Adam's hand. A deer darted in a thicket. It was as, as if they were frightened by something. A chill was in the air. Something strange was happening. They had always been naked, but now they felt naked and wrong. And they didn't want anyone to see them, so they hid. Later that evening, as God was taking his walk, he called to them, Children! Usually, Adam and Eve loved to hear God's voice and would run to him. 
But this time they ran away from him and hid in the shadows. Where are you, children? God called. Hiding, Adam said, we're afraid of you. Did you eat the fruit I told you not to eat? God asked them. Adam said, Eve made me do it. What have you done? God asked. Eve said, the serpent made me do it. And terrible pain came into God's heart. His children hadn't just broke the one rule, they had broken God's heart. They had broken their wonderful relationship with creation and him. And now he knew everything else would break. God's creation would start to unravel and come undone and go wrong. From now on, everything would die, even though it was supposed to last forever. You see, sin had come into God's perfect world, and it would never leave. God's children would always be running away from him and hiding in the dark. Their hearts would break now and never work properly again. God couldn't let his children live forever, not in such pain, not without him. There is only one way to protect them. You will have to leave the garden now. God told his children, his eyes filling with tears, this is no longer your true home. It's not the place for you anymore. But before they left the garden, God made clothes for his children to cover them. He gently clothed them and then he sent them away on a long, long journey out of the garden, out of their home. Well, in another story, it would have been all over and that would have been the end. But not in this story. God loved his children too much to let the story end there. Even though he knew he would suffer, God had a plan, a magnificent dream. One day, he would get his children back. One day, he would make the world their perfect home again. And one day, he would wipe away every tear from their eyes. You see, no matter what, in spite of everything, God would love his children with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. And though they would forget him and run from him, deep in their hearts, God's children would miss him always and long for him. Lost children yearning for their home. Before they left the garden, picture this, guys, because this is where this is where this is important. Before they left the God, before they left the garden, God whispered a promise to Adam and Eve. It will not always be so. I will come to rescue you. And when I do, I am going to do battle against the snake. I will get rid of sin and the dark and the sadness you let in here. I'm coming back for you. And he would. One day, God himself would come. So Jesus came. Because it says in Romans 6, 23. Sorry, I gotta, I gotta go there, guys. Romans 
Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what is established there with the fall? Okay, because that's what I just read was the fall. Sin entered into this world, and every single person born from Adam and Eve, which we all are, are born with that sin nature that separates us from the love of God. It separates us from the protection of Him. It separates us from a good relationship with Him. That is what sin is. Sin leads to death. Sin leads to darkness. Sin leads to torment. And it leads to complete and eternal separation from Him. But... Just as Jesus' love was undeniable for Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, Jesus' love is undeniable for us. No matter what, he will continue to pursue. No matter what, he will continue to come into our lives, to knock on that door, waiting for us to let him in. In Romans 5, 8, it says, But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Just like we spoke about last week, you guys, he came down into this world. He came and died the death that we were supposed to die out of love for us. Even though we did not love him, we have not acknowledged him, and yet he pursues us desperately. John 3, 16, just like uh, Cassie had mentioned earlier, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. 1 John 4, 19. We love... Because he first loved us. Again, we cannot give him any of our love when we are in our sinful nature. We have to embrace his love for us first. We have to surrender to that love that he is freely giving us. And then John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this, that one laid down his life for his friends. And that is exactly what Jesus did for us. He laid down his life for us with no strings attached, nothing except for free, radical, transformation love. The other thing that I want to um, point out in John 11 is that she, uh, that Mary and Martha, they sent for Jesus, okay? The scriptures say that they sent for him, not a doctor, not a surgeon, not, anything, not anyone else except for Jesus. And that is the only solution to our sin. He is the only solution to our sickness. He is the only way that we can be free from the death and from the destruction of sin. It says in John 14, 6, and Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes into the Father except by me. I know that there's a lot of uh, religions out there. I know that there is a lot of things that say, oh, well, if you do this, then you can have this. That is, I'm sorry to say, 
that Jesus is the only way to salvation. He is the only one who died on the cross. He is the only one that was buried, and he is the only one who rose from that grave three days later so that he can come back to this, this earth and give us salvation, give us life, give us love, grace, and mercy. There is nothing else in this world that can offer you that, you guys. No dope, no relationship, no other religion. It is all Jesus. Let's read um, verses 11 and 15 through 15 in chapter, uh, John chapter 11. This he said, and after he said to them, our friend Lazarus. I love that, you guys. Not, he doesn't say my friend. He says our friend. So that tells you that the disciples, they were friends with Jesus' friends. Because they lived life together. They walked with each other. They did, I mean, they, and I just, I find that so um, encouraging that we are a family. We are all disciples of him and we are all friends of Jesus, which means we're all friends with one another. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And so there is a support system. There is a family that is here to love you, walk with you, encourage you, uplift you, tell you truth when you need to hear some truth. Okay? So I just love that. Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go so that I may awaken him out of sleep. The disciples then said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought he was speaking of literal sleep. So, excuse me, so Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, so that you may believe. Let us go to him. Jesus knows that we are dead, and yet he goes after us. Again, you guys, his pursuit of us is reckless. It is full-blown. It is going to be, it is mind-blowing. Okay, so that's one of the things that we cannot comprehend. I know that I still sit in awe, and I'm like, how can you love me so stinking much? How can you love me when I still fall flat on my face? How can you love me even though I've done this, this, and this in my past? But that's what separates us from him. We can't do that on our own. It is only Jesus and his perfect love displayed being able to wrap us up in his arms and still come after us no matter what even though we are dead in our sins. Let's read verses 17 through 27. Then Jesus came. He found that he had already been in the tomb four days. So Lazarus is dead. Okay, there's no mistake about that. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. Martha, therefore, when she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him, but Mary stayed at the house. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. 
Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said, yes. Lord, I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. So right there, because of the fall, okay, we will all experience a physical death. We all know this, you guys. We all know that we're born into this world, and then we were going back to the grave. We're going back to the dirt where we came from. But if we believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life, like I had said before, there is no way except for him. We will not experience a spiritual death. Okay? So in our separation with that sin, if we have not surrendered our life and believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation, we will stand before God in judgment. And if we do not have the covering of the blood, if Jesus Christ is not standing in front of us saying, nope, he has taken my atonement, he, is, he believes that I have come to save him, then we will be standing there before God and we will be separated for all of eternity. I have shared this with you guys before. It is not just some bad day or, you know, oh, I'm going to feel uncomfortable. No, this is torment in the lake of fire for all of eternity. That is why I come up here. That is why we come and we share our hearts and our lives with you guys because we know that the seriousness of our sin is not just some bad day. It's not just some valley. It's not like, oh man, I'm good. No, it is serious, you guys. We don't want to see any of you. I don't want to see any of you have to be separated from the Father for all of eternity. That is why I come in here every Sunday, and I know, I know that sometimes it's hard to hear that we have sin, and that's going to separate us, but that's, it's so serious, you guys, and it's worth saying those hard truths, because I don't want you to suffer. I want your tears to be wiped away. I want you to be able to feel no pain and no sorrow, and to be able to be in the presence of our Holy Father. Verses 28 through 38. I love reading this part of the passage. just makes me fall in love with Jesus so much more. Verse 28. When she had said this, she went away and called Mary, her sister, saying secretly, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and was coming to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and consoling her, when they saw that Mary got up quickly and went out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Therefore, when Mary came where Jesus was, She saw him and fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus, therefore, saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and was troubled, and said, Where have you laid him? 
They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews were saying, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man also from dying? So Jesus, again, being deeply moved within, came to the tomb. Now it was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Let's stop right there. I don't care who you are. Sickness and death and pain and suffering brings so much sorrow. Even for Jesus. And you guys, that's why. That is why he came to this earth in the first place. Because he saw, he saw, God saw that his children were going to forever be separated from him. And he didn't want that because he loves us so much. And so he sent Jesus and he's like, man, I know, I know that you're going to a world full of pain and sorrow. But we love them too much. We love them too much to continue. I want them to experience new life. I want them to experience joy and peace and love and forgiveness. And the only way that they can do that, son, the only way that they can experience that is if you go and die for them. And Jesus says, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Because I love him too much too. So him, he was broken hearted. He was crushed. He was in so much sorrow over the death of his friend because he knows that's, that's what sin caused. In verse 39 through 44. Gosh, I love the fact. I love the fact that it doesn't stop there, you guys. I love the fact that it doesn't stop with death and sorrow. That it gets so much better. Verse 39. Jesus said, remove the stone. Martha... The sister of the deceased said to him, Lord, by this time there will be a stench, for he has been dead four days. And Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you would always hear me. But because of the people standing around, I said it so that they may believe that you sent me. When he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Janine, come forth. Amy, come forth. Jose, come forth. Vicky, come forth. He calls you by name. Come forth. And the man who died came forth, bound hands and foot with 
wrappings and his face was wrapped around a cloth and Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. You guys, that is for us. That is for us. We are dead in our tombs, wrapped up by the ways of this world. We are bound by the hands of Satan. But when Jesus calls our name and he calls us out from that grave and we become his, everything is shaken off. The sin is shaken off. The death is shaken off. Those hands and those torments and those enemies are shaken off. And you are forever in his glory. That is why I come here, you guys, because I want to see you set free. Oh, I want to see you set free. Gosh, he is the only mover of mountains. He is the only robber of graves. And he is the only triumphant kings and lord of lords. He is the only one to bring dead or to bring back the dead to life, you guys. And that is why he is so worthy of our praise. You guys, I know that you know my story. I know that you guys have heard me say that I have ran those streets. I have been a dope fiend. I have been a junkie. I have been a drug dealer. I have been, you name it, I've done it. I was dead. I was rotting and stenched up in a tomb. But Jesus called my name as he is calling your name. And immediately, immediately I was raised back to life. And I am here to proclaim the gospel according to Lazarus. I am here to proclaim the gospel according to Ashley. Because that's exactly what it is every time that you walk in him in the newness of life. Man, you guys, I just encourage you just to remember who you are. If he has called your name and you have walked out of that grave and you have him living inside of you, if he has transformed your heart, stand firm that nothing, nothing can ever overcome you. Yes, we will have valleys. Yes, we will go through the storms, but he is with us walking side by side, hand in hand, and he will never let you drown and he will never let you be buried again. If you have a stirring in your heart, if you don't know, if you've come out of that grave, if you, if you feel like you are still bound by the ways of this world and bound by the hands of the enemy, I pray that you come and have a boldness and courage and say, man, I don't know. I don't know if I have, I have uh, listened to him calling my name. We are here. Vicki is here. Sherry is here. We all want to see you guys set free. And so please don't hesitate to come. I love you guys. I I truly do. And I am thankful that I have the opportunity to be able to share my life with you guys. And give hope. Because like I've said before, I used to be that, but I am no longer that. And I am able to stand here with confidence that he will do the same thing for you.
of actually of uh, being used by it to be your vessel instrument, Father God. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that you're so good, Father God. Because you, Father God, you need us there. You come and give us where we were at, Father God, to bring us to where you want us to be, Lord. So, Lord, we just thank you right now. We pray you, Lord. We ask that you touch every mind and move, Lord. Lord, we ask that you just soften any heart, Lord, to be able to receive the message that Ashley delivered, that you delivered through Ashley, Father God. Lord, we just give you all the praise right now. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for whatever situation we may be in, Lord. Father, because we know, Lord, whatever the situation may be, Father God, you're in it as well with us. Father God, you stand by us as we go through with through our situation with us, Father God. Lord, we ask you that you um, God us the rest of this week, Father God. Father, we ask you to have Gabriel Michael battling around this whole center, Father God. We ask you, Lord, that you open doors for every woman in this room, Father God, that need the doors that need to be opened and you close the doors that need to be closed, Lord. Father, we just thank you, we praise you, we glorify you, Father God. Lord, you're so good, Lord. We just love you so much, Lord. We thank you for Moses, Father God. Yes, Lord, we thank you for Moses, Lord, because Moses is Moses. Lord, we just, Lord, we're just so thankful right now, Lord. We thank you for everything that you provide for the center. Lord, we thank you for every, every staff member, for every, every woman in this shelter, Father God, every sister in here, Father God. We thank you for them, Lord. Father God, moving them like a mighty wind, Father God. Father God, do what you do best, Father God. In Jeremiah 32 and 27, you said, I'm the God. You said, the Lord of all people. You said, is there, is there anything too difficult for me to do for you? In English, is there anything too hard for me to do for you? Father, there's nothing too hard for, do, for you to do for any of us in here, Father God. Because you're the powerful, mighty God. You created heaven and earth. What are these small things that we're asking you for? Lord, can you help me here? Can you help me there? Those are small things compared to the big things that you do. You're a big God. You're the God with the capital G, not the little G. You're the powerful, mighty God. Lord. So we think, we know that, Lord, as long as we're lining up with your will, we're in God's will. Lord bless, like I said again, Lord bless every woman in this room, Lord. Father, allow those doors to open for them, whatever it may be, housing, whatever it may be, Father God, that their heart desires, because your word says it. That you give us the desires of our hearts, Father God. Whatever it may be, Lord, and it lines up with your will, allow it to receive it, Lord. Lord, we just love you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we just, we just praise you right now, Father God. We just give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.